0: This is Dax Jacobson, and you're listening to the Rural Towns Project podcast, where I combine my day job as a business professor with my love for the rural American West I grew up in. In the podcast, I talk to the people who are actually trying to make a living in, and to the researchers, artists, and others inspired by the rural towns of the American West. I hope to help myself and others understand the past, appreciate the present, and positively impact the future of rural towns in the American West. Thanks for listening. In this episode, I chat with Jamie Andress, President and CEO of the Cache Chamber of Commerce. Jamie and I talk about her background and rural roots and how she came to lead the Cache Chamber of Commerce. We talk about the important roles chambers play in rural communities and the relationship between her chamber and the state legislature. We talk about the issues facing rural and urban Cache Valley, things like roads, traffic, water, the growth of Bear Lake, and the coming of in and out We end, as always, with a road trip music question. Jamie Andrus, thanks so much for agreeing to be on the Rural Towns Project podcast. I know you're busy, and I appreciate you taking the time to chat. So let me start by asking, how are you, and how are things in Cache Valley?
1: I'm great, and thank you for asking me. It's an honor to be part of this project. <laughs> it's it's something that I've been very excited about and dedicated to since I came to the chamber. Um, it's just it's an exciting topic. We have so many. Small businesses and great. Our economy is really pretty great in Cache Valley. I was just looking a year ago, CNBC did a a special little um, story about Logan, Utah uh, nationally because we had the lowest uh, unemployment rate, 2.4 last year. And now it seems like everybody's kind of joined us. And now our unemployment rate is down to like nothing. We, every single business is looking for, you know, for employees. We just don't have a workforce. So anyway, that's a a story. We might get into that more, but that's generally how things are. Yeah.
0: Well, so I want to talk a lot about the chamber. But first, if I remember correctly, you've been a Cache Valley girl for quite a while. I don't know if you grew up there or not. So tell me the story that gets you from Cache Valley, different experiences to leading the chamber in Cache Valley.
1: Yes, I was born and raised here. I was actually born in Idaho. Uh, yes, just over I, the knew, I
0: knew that we had that must why we bonded so well. There's an <laughs> Idaho connection.
1: And both my last name and my maiden name are Idaho names. My yes. maiden name is Esplin. And if you go across the border, people are like, it's common.
0: Yes, but right. in
1: Utah, it hasn't been. It is a little more now. Um, and then my married name is Andrus. And so, Lots of course, of there was Governor Andrus for a long, many terms. Um, I, and then I went to USU. Um, my husband is also from Cache Valley. Uh, he was uh, in the military, so he went through USU ROTC, and then we uh, tromped around the world a little bit for about seven years as active duty in the military, and uh, lived in various places, and then moved back to Cache Valley so we could be, you know, close to the grandparents That's to right. help <laughs> help with our kids, and um, and we've lived here ever since. Um, I worked um, in uh, the dental field for a long time, and then I decided to go back to school. So um, my first go around, I was a music major. And my second go around, I was a business major. And you. then I got a master's degree um, in, uh, in business, uh, not an MBA, but a master's in human resources. Okay. And uh, so then I worked uh, in a professional job uh, at Utah State managing um, professional conferences and leading students. And then I worked for a continuous improvement um, arm of the business school. It's actually called the Shingo, uh, Shingo Institute. Worked there for three years and I managed our uh, partnerships around the world, so I traveled yeah, that's a, that's a all great, around really, the world, yeah, and it was brand. it was a great job. Um, it was very very interesting, and I miss the people that I worked with, and that um, were my affiliates, my friends in Mexico, my friends in the UK, yeah, yeah. Ireland, Portugal, um, Costa Rica. It was really great. Yeah. Uh, so then. I had become acquainted with um, the the past director of the chamber, um, CEO and president. And she had let me know she was thinking of retiring and would I be interested in applying? And then, and I had said yes. And then she changed her mind and didn't retire uh, for a couple of years. And she came back to me and said, are you still interested? And I said, you know, I'm interested, and and if if I were to get the job, this is a job you don't want to pass up. It's kind of a once in a lifetime, right? And um, so I did apply, and I was selected uh, four years ago in August, and I've loved. I haven't loved every minute of it because <laughs> at the beginning, <laughs> there's a lot to know and a lot to, lot to understand. And you'd think I'd know and know everybody but it was a little bit of a different circle when I moved to this position. And um, I also took on economic development for Cache Valley, Cache County at the same time. So I started immediately just going to Salt Lake and up and down the Wasatch Front and meeting all these people. And I became part of um, a group that is called Can You, um, Composites uh, and Aerospace of Northern Utah. So there was a group that actually came together in Northern Utah to promote, you know, all the the groups around, you know, like Hill Air Force Base and the composite industry and, you know, now Northrop Grumman and Boeing and all those kinds of things. And so we actually took a lot of people on some tours and did a few things with that. I was pretty active with that for a couple of years. And they actually, this is the best part, is they sent me. To an to an air show um, to promote Utah and uh, in Australia.
0: Oh wow, that's a tough so. <laughs> I
1: so I went to Australia and went to um, Melbourne and there's a little airport outside of Melbourne in looks just like Logan Airport <laughs> and <laughs> and there's this huge air show and it was a lot of military aircraft. My husband went with me because he was a former aviator so that was really fun and we got to see i mean you know so i've i've had an incredible career and opportunity wow. in a short last 10 to 12 years has been really something Very else
0: cool good for you <laughs> are you still i know the, are you still doing the economic development piece
1: they just they hired someone a year ago uh okay. to to fill that role full-time finally so yeah. i've moved on to other things now. yeah good for you i've added uh, you know, four or five more programs to the chamber.
0: I know you have. So maybe <laughs> you could t- maybe tell, uh, tell the listeners a little bit about the chamber mission of the chamber people. Most people are, I think, familiar with chambers of commerce, but maybe don't know exactly what they do. So maybe you could talk a little bit and then just the size, because it's impressive to me how many organizations <laughs> exist in Cash Valley and how many you're working yeah. with.
1: Yeah, we have a lot of businesses in Cash Valley and they're really good to support the chamber. So I think most people don't really know this Dax, but chambers are not part of a government. Um, we're not part of Logan city. We're not part of the County. We're, we're a nonprofit yeah. and um, chambers kind of have their own little, little nonprofit status. We're a 501 C six. Okay. And so yeah, um, we depend on um, our memberships and um, we do some events to kind of supplement our income, but we earn and, and manage uh, this, the chamber um, all kind of as a standalone. Mm. Now we do work a lot with the cities and a lot with the counties and they do support us through some, some occasional funding here and there. Um, but it's part of, part of the service that we do is we serve our businesses and we serve our members and we we're here to help them help them grow uh, we're help we're here to help new businesses um integrate we're here to support the city and its activities and its growth we're here to support the county and all of the, the cities and towns around logan which there are quite a few and um Some of our bigger businesses are in some of the smaller towns. Uh, JBS, you know, for instance, is in the south end of the valley that used to be EA Miller and Sons, which was a meatpacking company that was started by a family now. And it's sold uh, to uh, sold out to to JBS and uh, they're one of the bigger employers. We have, of course, Utah State University. Uh, in Logan, which is also like a community on its own, yeah. but a huge support and supporter to our Valley in that it is the largest employer. And um, it's like it's its own community, but we have a really good relationship. Um, President Cockett and I know each other on a first name basis and Mayor Danes from Logan and uh, the county executive, past and present uh really really closely related and work a lot with those cities and counties so those are those are some of the primary things that we do we have um we're we're close to 600 members in the chamber um, which is pretty good for our size yes um st george ogden and salt lake are the only ones bigger than us we're proud of that and we We work really hard to keep a good, a good relationship, but we did uh, this year, for instance, I think Chambers are known a lot for ribbon cuttings, right? Welcoming people into town. We did uh, 27 ribbon cuttings this summer or this year, but we did most of them in the summer, <laughs> it was crazy. Um, but it's so fun and, and we went a while with COVID not doing anything. And so it was, it was like so exciting. It was so fun to be out and welcome new businesses and getting people to show up. We We did a Facebook live post every time and people really like that. We have a good group of ambassadors who help with that process of welcoming and mentoring new businesses. We have an economic development alliance that we built inside of the chamber uh, right after I came to the chamber it was something that they'd been working toward, but the chamber actually supported and, and built this group. And we, um, we did a new strategic plan for Cache County. And one of the very first things I had to do was I got a call from um, the governor's office of economic development. Uh, and they said, we, we want you to meet with the governor uh, in January and present your county's uh, strategic plan. Oh, wow. Economic development, strategic plan. And we said, well, we don't have one. <laughs> and so we met immediately and started working on one. And then we went into depth and really did that. But that was kind of a surprise. Yeah. meeting. One of the first things I had to do and we got really involved in the roads. Um, Highway 30. So if you're familiar with Cache Valley, there are only two ways to get in and out of Cache Valley if you're going into Utah is one in the through Wellsville Canyon or what we call Sardine Canyon and then Highway 30 that goes out to the west and, and goes over through Tremont and yeah. into the freeway and Highway 30 is this little tiny two lane road but thousands of people go in and out of that every day. We have a lot of employees that come into Cache Valley from Box Elder County. And we have some that leave as well. Um, so we had to fight. We're really working with UDOT to get that widened. And then we got all the way there. And there's a bridge that goes over the Bear River. Yeah. And they said, no, you don't have enough population. We're not. It's only going to be two lanes. Oh, no. So at one point we go from like, Four or five lanes down to two and then oh, back out. Anyway, so we ended up meeting and, and we're still working on that. They haven't started the, the expansion of that project yet. So it takes a long time.
0: It does. Things
1: you long. learn about government.
0: No kidding. <laughs> Yeah, and things that you wouldn't necessarily think that the chambers jumping in on, but as you said, that has an impact on communities and businesses. So if roads are what is needed, really? then you've got to help, right? Get those roads widened.
1: It's so true. And legislatively, I mean, chambers are really one of their main roles is to be the the liaison and the person that um, you know the, the the group that helps businesses learn and understand, and I'm missing the word I'm trying to think of that um, to support in the legislature. And um, so we have to, we were a really great relationship with all of our local legislators. And honestly, when I came to the chamber, I thought, well, I'm a pretty, you know, I've always voted. I've always sort of read the paper and paid attention. And I thought, I know quite a bit about the legislative process. And I I realized I didn't know if I knew about that much, like a tiny amount. And now I know all of the legislators and what committees they sit on and and who they are and what their background is and what they work on. And um, it's just been really, really great. So we have um, a Northern Utah Chamber Coalition that, that formed just to help uh the chambers and the businesses have a voice in the legislature and uh we've we've really gained a lot of credibility and now the legislators are coming to us to see what's on our priority so that's kind of really exciting that's that's really um really grown and and blossomed Mm -hmm. since i've been to the you know in the chamber world and so
0: i I was that was a question i was going to ask is how receptive is the legislature but now you're telling me they're coming to you so that's good.
1: Isn't that something? Yeah. And it really matters. And and then we've always had things like, um, you know, big projects and roads and you know, business things that really pertain to business. And the legislature came to us last year and said, we really want you to weigh in on um, the social aspects and and some of the things that are going on um, and take a and and get your initiatives and 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 really explore with your with your with your own chambers your nonprofits, and try to find out you know where we are with mental health and Mm. you know (laughs) and all we did all summer long I think was go to meetings about about that but
0: you you probably didn't think coming in that you were going to become a legislature expert and a mental health expert right as all these things you know
1: (laughs) and I I was thrilled to learn, you know, about each individual business. And yeah. I, you know, I mean, I know a lot about the businesses here, um, but I, now I really know a lot about the businesses. I'm sure. <laughs> and it's so cool that Cash Valley has so many homegrown family businesses who are now just exploded and become worldwide. I mean, world famous. I, Icon, which they've now renamed themselves to iFit, I just saw a commercial on TV with Michael Phelps talking about the, you know, the bicycle that, you know, and their treadmills and their exercise bikes, that how computer automated they are. And right. anyway, I was like, this is cash And right. they were, it was two college guys that started that.
0: And, and I'm proud to say that uh, one of the people behind that commercial is a local boy from Preston, who's one of my best friends who mm-hmm. works. Uh, for ice and he, and he was on, he goes on, you know, on site and helps produce those commercials. So he always tells me, Hey, watch the TV. You're going to see a new one coming with such and such. It's amazing.
1: It is amazing. And Campbell scientific is a Campbell company. They're all, they're a family. And, um, the, the father and the son started the business But one of the granddaughters is from Morgan, Utah, and she grew up, she and I were friends in college. (laughs) And so I would go to her grandpa's house with her. She stayed there for a while and they were, they were making these circuit boards and they had this little, you know, kind of building that they had just started. And now they're a global instrumentation, weather instrumentation company that has offices around the world and their headquarters are still here. It's amazing. I mean, and there's this story after story yes, exactly. like that of businesses here. But it's so. Just I
0: I mean, fun. it's fantastic, and I agree. People love the homegrown story, but um, sometimes in the rural communities, we don't want our homegrown to become too big, right? We don't want it to change what our <laughs> communities like. We don't want it to change, um, you know, too much population, too much growth, et cetera are you seeing any of that tension in cache valley that's a little bit landlocked right as you said there's only so many ways in and out it's expanding a lot of people myself included i know you included love the rural communities and the rural way of life Um, are you seeing any of that tension now
1: especially um yes there's always been more but some of these businesses have sort of been kind of in the same area for a long time and so people are a little bit used to that Yeah, yeah but as as businesses, so, so our one corridor, Highway 89, 91, that goes right through Cache Valley yeah. and all the way to Yellowstone, um, is really our only main passageway from one end of the valley That's to true. the other. And traffic's getting to be a problem. Yeah, I noticed. <laughs> so I live in Richmond, which is, what, 17 miles from from Logan, so you think I could get to work in 20 minutes. And this morning they have added more traffic lights in the little town of Smithfield. And traffic was just, it was to a standstill. Oh, we were stop and go oh. for 20 minutes. And it is just so that is something that people are, it is a very hot topic. Managing what are we gonna do? We've got to make another corridor. We have a corridor that goes from the airport and goes west on 10th West. Helps a ton. It's really great. Um, If we could get all the trucks to take that as a bypass, we need to do that. That's something we need to do because right now, legally, they can go up and down our main street. So (laughs) that becomes a problem. Um, Housing, now that housing has become such a crunch everywhere and housing here has always been tight there's a real issue. And we have some of our smaller towns who don't even allow multifamily housing. It's against the law. Interesting. So, you know, and bigger lots and, you know, in certain paradise, little town now has, has become the, the cool, beautiful place to go, build a big, beautiful house. They tell me that you still have to have an acre lot to build a house there. So, for instance, yeah. <laughs> But I think there's going to be some pressure to change some of that, yeah, particularly yeah. with some of the towns that are closer to Logan, and people realize that if we don't have multifamily housing, then all of these big lots and housing and big housing complexes and neighborhoods are going to eat up all of our our land, right. you know, our um, you know, farmland.
0: Yeah, yeah. Natural do, do you farmland. You think, I mean. For example, you think people in Clarkston are thinking about it yet? Or are they like, that's a Logan issue? Do you know what I mean? Do people see it yet as a Cache Valley issue that we've got to manage? Or they're sort of like, you're over there on that, so that's your problem over in the city.
1: If you go on that, you know, Western side of Cache yeah. Valley, there's still quite a bit of space. But the first place was Menden. Yeah. That became a hot spot. But now here's the issue we don't have the water. And the water rights, and we don't have the infrastructure to handle all the new people that want to live there. Then Wellsville, I don't know if you've been to Wellsville, but I grew up in Hiram, and Wellsville was this tiny little town That's where funny. the cowboys lived. And now it's this fancy, big, they've got people living up alongside the hill. So it yeah. started there. Newton's getting that. Clarkston, not quite, That's I don't not, think. Not. When I go through Clarkston, it you see some new houses and you see some new building going in on the, on the South end. I don't know that it's quite reached them, but we did put a new um, landfill out there and that's caused a little bit of a stir because, you know, these trucks are driving out there, you know, several a day. (laughs) And so that's, that's become, so, you know, we're growing, we've got some growing pains like everybody.
0: And you're and like you said, it's you know, I mean the Wasatch Front is limited too, but right Cache Valley is kind of a microcosm of the Wasatch Front because it's this little valley that there's only so yeah. much growth that could even happen there, right? And so it's yeah.
1: And some people have just been begging for attention. We, you know, people think that Utah ends at you know, Ogden and we don't get any attention, but at the same time, we don't want attention. So it's just that. <laughs> It's that, you know, and, you know, we're getting an In-N-Out Burger on 4th North.
0: Are you really? Right
1: in the middle of town.
0: Oh, no. You, you've seen the traffic for In-N-Out Burger, right? It'll be oh, all the way up. To people the are
1: just, they have no idea what we're going to do. No. But we get a horde of people coming, and this is so interesting, coming up through Cache Valley to go to Bear Lake. Yeah. And I don't know if you've looked at the, the homes in Bear Lake, but uh, somebody quoted me this morning at our economic development, meaning that 82% of the houses in, in, in Bear Lake are now second homes. So these folks are migrating and they're coming through Cache Valley and they turn and they go up north, right. north and through the canyon. And so there again, is that In-N-Out Burger going to be right there. But our Harley Davidson store moved from North North Logan to down on South Main for that very reason. So they could catch the people coming in and passing through to go to Bear Lake and Yellowstone. Isn't that interesting? It is
0: interesting. I've noticed that South end of Logan, the, how they cleaned up there by the river bottoms, uh, and I mean, man, uh, it's it's amazing what they've done. So
1: there. nice, yeah. and it it looks so much better.
0: Yeah, it does.
1: Um, So I think people are happy about that type of growth. I think that that helps it look nicer. But so then we we built up the population. Now where do they live? Well, Nibley. <laughs> Have you seen Nibley? It's it's exploded with houses. Oh my goodness! It used to be a little tiny town that you drive through on the way to. Hiram, and there'd be you know 15 houses and now it's just it's everywhere there's so many houses
0: so do, is the biggest issue you think facing the rural communities now just managing growth is that
1: i think that's i think that's is a big issue i think it's been an issue yeah, yeah. you know but but here's the thing we all want our kids to be able to come back here right. and live that's right we don't want strangers but we do want our kids. That's right. <laughs> to come back.
0: And they got have jobs, uh, right? And a job yeah. that pays and a house to live in.
1: Oh, yeah. And 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 the part of the the um, you know, the the tight workforce is it has pushed our wages up a little bit. Well, because we good. were really quite a, quite far behind.
0: Yes, you were. And, yes, as a we were. College student there, I can recall how. <laughs> remember? How she, yeah.
1: You know, and we just but, you know, rent was fairly reasonable. You could if you were willing if you wasn't when you were in college, if you were willing to go out and live in an apartment in in Richmond or live in Hiram and drive into school, you could you could go out there and rent for a song and a dance. I mean, right. it was just it was very affordable. And I think those kind of days might be gone. Yeah. They're all taken up by people that have to have a real job, (laughs) but no. And we love our students. We love our university. We love the diversity and the richness that a university brings. And honestly, there isn't there isn't anyone who doesn't doesn't really love and appreciate the university. Some for the academic reasons and the rest of them for sports.
0: That's right. That's true, right? I mean, <laughs> that's a benefit you, you get that other communities don't is when you have a college, right? A thriving college yeah. On, yeah. on location. Yeah.
1: Well, what well, else well, do you have to do but go to an Aggie game, right? That's
0: right. Are you a, are you an Aggie supporter? You go to a lot of games?
1: I don't go to a lot of games, but I'd like to. I yeah. love I love it.
0: You've yeah. got a lot of other stuff to do. You're driving down, yes, I down, do. down to Salt Lake to meet with legislators. Okay, so Jamie, a couple more questions and I know you're busy. So I've, uh, I ask every sm- small business owner or entrepreneur this question. And I say, and so I'm gonna ask you what you think in your role as, as someone who interacts with a bunch of these communities, um, businesses. I say, if I was made the, the rural economic development czar for the state, for, for Utah in this case, or for the US, and I had this magic wand and I could help you in any way, what would you have me do? And so small business owners might say something about taxes or being, you know, just attracting employees or get whatever, you know, all the issues. So as someone who gets to see sort of a bunch of them, what would you ask me to do? What would you say would be the number one thing you could do to help these rural businesses and entrepreneurs?
1: Well, we just submitted for some funding for this exact same thing. So I kind of know exactly what our big issues are. Good. one, uh, one of it is is to really, we, we, we're really trying to focus and educate our smaller businesses on how to build and improve and expand. I think that for the longest time, uh, economic development meant business expansion and retention, building and keeping people here. Now it's turned into workforce and housing or huge water. Water's right up there. Um, We have good water here, but it goes right through and goes right down to the south. So how do we keep our water and keep it here so that we can um, keep our agricultural businesses going? Because we really do have some really important agricultural businesses. I didn't even talk about you know Gosner's and Schreiber and West Point Dairy. West Point Dairy makes all the butter for McDonald's in the really? whole world in Cash Don't Valley, kidding. and probably every kind of butter that you would ever get in the grocery store wow. here and probably most of the Western United States. Same for Gosner and Swiss cheese. I did know that. You know that it's there's not many and it's all the western united states now all all swiss cheese comes from gosner and the milk all comes from the local dairies around in, in into into idaho southern idaho northern utah even uh, i think even across you know to wyoming a little bit but those those milk trucks come in every day and bring all that milk and it's it's it will blow your mind and i'm i'm not good at saying how remembering how many gallons a day but i could it's look it up and it will blow your socks off because it's just incredible so we really wanted it, it's so tricky it would take us a, it would take us a long time to figure out exactly what we would want you to do for us
0: but those are our biggest issues okay no that's fair those are good ones <laughs>
1: Yeah, All right, we so don't maybe, know.
0: May, maybe the hardest question, Jamie, I don't know if you know this about me yet, but I love music, a wide range of music, and I ask what? this question, I ask this question in any sort of, usually I do it as an icebreaker at the beginning, but I do it in my podcast at the end, I call it the road trip music question. So let's say in this context, you and I are gonna leave Richmond and you're gonna, we're gonna drive up to my hometown of McCammon. So we're gonna go up through Preston, up through Downey and head that way. You and I are driving together, we're driving through these small communities and I'm, I turn to you and I say, okay, Jamie, Spotify or your phone or CD player, or maybe it's a, or an 8-track. We're old enough. We're going to be listening to an 8-track, whatever it is.
1: Well, yeah, because you still can't get very many radio stations up there. Only country, right? That's
0: exactly right. So <laughs> I turn to you, Jamie, and I say, what band or musician are we going to listen to on this road trip?
1: Dang it. Don't ask me that.
0: I told you this is going to be your hardest question.
1: Well, I'm an old, old, old school country girl. My dad was a cowboy and he grew up in Downey and he, he didn't even own anything but cowboy boots or a bicycle. He only had a horse. <laughs> so, you know, I grew up on uh, Johnny Cash and yes, Tammy Wynette and Charlie Pride and, you yes. know, so. Those are always a great go-to. My husband doesn't doesn't go for uh, that, so really. Sometimes when I'm alone, I have to get the I have to get my country
0: fixed. Good
1: for you. But I studied classical music, so <laughs> it's interesting. For a while there, I remember saying, "Well, I'll either listen to classical or country," and that seems like a little bit of a <laughs> no. That's a great balance, opposite, right?
0: That's a great balance. I've gotten my kids to love and appreciate Johnny Cash because I'm with you. Mm-hmm. I love that that old stuff also some Waylon Jennings I mean I'm, I'm doing my best because I love you. too
1: I graduated in 1979 and that is the height of the Bee Gees and the <laughs> 70s disco music and the stylistics and you know I mean I just you, you got to go to a, a little 70s disco once okay. in a while okay
0: too. I love it we'd have a fun we're gonna listen to classical music we're gonna listen to classic <laughs> country we're gonna listen to the Bee Gees we're gonna have a good time on this yeah trip. we are <laughs> Jamie thank you so much for taking the time
1: you are so welcome this has been a blast
0: my thanks to Jamie for being on the podcast for her dedication to Cache Valley and rural communities and for her friendship I always love my conversation with Jamie and I so admire her hard work and passion if you're enjoying the podcast please tell your friends and please subscribe to and rate the podcast so we can continue to get the word out there thanks all and stay safe